It certainly feels like Christmas is the high point, the season, high point uh, around the community. Certainly, as I was driving around this past week, I saw a lot of lights, a lot of houses decorated outside and inside, shining through the windows. Um, And, of course, the city was hustling and bustling. Did you all enjoy your Christmas? Yes? Well, one of the most difficult things to do Christmas time, though, is to go to Target, right? It is full, and there's people, and there's no parking. It was very, very busy. Um, But in in an interesting way, when I was uh, driving around and I tried to find parking at Target, I thought about what it might have been like in the time of Jesus during the Passover. See, for us, Christmas is almost that universal holiday that just everyone is hustling and bustling. But for them, the highlight of the year would have been Passover. Now, I know you've been in church, most of you, all your lives, so you know what this means. But for the Jewish calendar year, the Passover was like the biggest celebration that they had. And during the time of Jesus, at the time of the Passover, the city would have been buzzing, just like what we've been experiencing the last few days. People preparing for that special meal. People making preparations and arriving in town, wanting to celebrate this meal with their relatives. And the Bible tells us that Jesus and his disciples did the same thing. You know the story. They arrived in Jerusalem, and Jesus sent the disciples to prepare the room. The book of John, beginning with chapter 12, tells us that they met in what we call the upper room. Do you know what I'm talking about? You've heard that before? You heard that phrase? They met in this room, and and they reclined at a table. They didn't have chairs, so they would recline on pillows at a low table. And there Jesus began to pour out his heart. The Bible tells us in John chapter 14 that Jesus is speaking, and he tells his disciples these words, words that you will find familiar. Let me read them for you. Chapter 14, verse 1. You can follow along in your Bible if you like. And Jesus says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house there are many rooms. And if it were not so, I would have told you, but I am going there to prepare a place. And if I go and I prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be... Anybody know what the next word is? With me. Do you, have you ever heard these, 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 these verses? Do they sound familiar? Jesus says, and if I go, I will come back and take you to be with me so that you may be where I am. Now, perhaps you've heard this, this, this phrase, you've, you, you've read this before, you, you've had it read to you in church, and maybe it didn't register. <clears throat> but what Jesus is doing right there, in this moment, in the upper room, in the Last Supper, the thing that you and I call the, the pictures that we've seen, the Last Supper, what Jesus is doing right there is he is echoing what we've been hearing this entire month of December in the Scriptures from beginning up until this point. At the heart of God is his desire to be with us. Emmanuel means God with us. You recall we've been studying the, 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 the story and the ministry of the sanctuary, and God said back, back, way back in Exodus, he says, build me a sanctuary, and I will dwell among you. I will dwell with you. And God's intention was to descend and live right amongst the people and to be at the center of their community. See, God's desire has always been to be with us. And there in the upper room, 
Jesus is echoing the sentiment. He has actually come to be with them. Yes? He is Emmanuel. Jesus came. He was born. You celebrate it. We celebrate it here in the church and in your homes and with your families, the arrival of the baby Jesus. But now Jesus is saying, I don't just want to be here now. I want us to be with each other forever. And in that moment, he connects the past, the present, and the future. And you want to know how he does it? By the blood. By the blood. Because there in the upper room, in the other Gospels, in Matthew and Luke, the Bible says that Jesus took the bread and he broke it and he passed it around. And then he took the, the, the juice and he poured it and he passed it around. And he said, this, this is the, my blood of the new covenant. And he says, take it, drink all of it. He says, this is my body broken for you. He says, this blood is poured out for the forgiveness of sins. You know what that's an echo of? Have you been paying attention for the last several weeks here? That's a sanctuary language where blood had to be spilled, poured out in order to gain forgiveness. Now, maybe it's not registering with you yet. But here's the reality. the reality. God gave us life at the beginning, and we threw it away. God continues to give us life now, and we presently throw it away every time we walk away from God and his wishes for us. Every time you reject him and his word and his commandments, it's like throwing your life away, and God says you will come to ruin. But he's unwilling to let it. And so he says, I will save you. But it's going to cost. It's going to cost the blood of his son. Life can only be saved by life. And we are saved by the blood. So Jesus says, my blood is going to have to be poured out so that yours doesn't have to be. I found it fascinating. Because for thousands of years, as they were celebrating this Passover, do you guys know what the Passover is? It's blood. The night that the angel of death came, they had to kill the spotless lamb and take the blood, and the blood would put it over the door frames, and the angel of death would pass over. It's by the blood. It's always been by the blood because blood signifies life. Our greatest blessing is that God gives us life, and the greatest gift is eternal life. And what remains here in the balance is your decision whether you will accept his blood or whether you just rather pay it yourself. And so Jesus says, I'm giving you life and the chance to live life and live it differently. The life I want to exchange is yours for mine. I'll pay for your sins, but now you take my life and live it. So he says right there in John, he says, so a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you too love one another. Jesus says, let's make an exchange. I will take your shame, your guilt, your punishment, but you take my righteousness and live out my love. The Bible tells us in John chapter 12 that he, he said, I'm going to give you a physical way to experience this. And he took out his robe. You know the story. And he got down on his hands and knees and he began to wash his disciples' feet. An act of selflessness. A humiliating act to handle someone else's dirty, dusty feet. And Jesus, 
was trying to show them that in the life he wants to live for us, the one, the one he's leaving for us to live for him, it's meant to be different. It's meant to have a different purpose, a different reason. And it's not complicated. It's living life for his sake. Jesus says, so do to others as I have done to you. And so that's what we will celebrate here on this day. God's immense love and his selfless act of giving. He gave us his son. His son gave us his blood, poured out for our sins. And then he says, set straight. So what you and I are about to do is just a physical reminder of what God's intention for our heart is. To trade our shame for his righteousness. To trade our sins for his forgiveness. To trade our selfishness for his selflessness. So we here in the community practice a thing called foot washing. And I'm going to invite you in just a second to go into the social hall and find somebody in your family or in the community and invite them to participate in this special service. And we humble ourselves and we wash each other's feet as a physical reminder of what we have promised to do to live a life for Jesus. And then we will return here into the sanctuary to participate in the emblems of the body and the blood. Let us go and wash one another's feet.